welcome to the second episode of the Chrysanthemum Stories. Welcome back if you are someone who has listened to my first episode and somehow are back for more. <laughs> uh, thank you. I appreciate your support and it's very cool of you <laughs> to support me. I would also like to thank uh, a handful of people who have reached out to me personally and given me their kind thought um their word of praise and uh cheered me on this new venture thank you i really really appreciate that um little comments uh little gestures of hope uh little gestures that they believe in you uh they mean a lot so i'm very glad and thank you for reaching out to me so getting right into the topic <laughs> if you have read the title so today we are going to be talking about as the title says the irony of being a psychology student in india once again as i gave a disclaimer in my first episode that all of these things that i say are my personal experiences and experiences can vary from person to person now i'm not trying to generalize everyone's experience in this but these are some of the things that i have observed over the course of being a psychology student now when i say psychology student i should probably mention that i am no longer a psychology student um since last year i completed my masters last year and unless um i start <laughs> another course or finally get my falls in the court to get my mphil or phd which i don't is happening anytime soon i am not going to be a student of psychology till then <laughs> um so yeah currently i'm not a student but these are my experiences which i have recorded from memory <laughs> when i was a student um all right so i have a few pointers here so if you hear the sound of pages turning it's <laughs> it's my notebook where i'm writing little notes and little pointers that i'm going to go through so you guys know what i'm talking about okay so to start off with the first thing is um what is psychology and what am i going to be judging these ironies by so if you want a definition then psychology is a study of human mind um it it studies the functions especially those affecting behavior in any given context uh, there are various areas of psychology like intelligence personality attitudes and emotions there are also psychological disorders that you study in a field of in the field of abnormal psychology so it's a vast topic it's a very researched very scientific very documented very statistical area of mental health 
and it gives us an insight into how a person behaves, how a person thinks, how certain situations, what we uh, students call the biopsychosocial model, how these things affect people. So the first point, the first irony, let's, let's put it that way, the first irony is that there is very limited understanding of psych- what psychology is in the field of psychology. So you would think someone who is studying psychology, someone who is teaching psychology, someone whose life has been about psychology, mental health, and all of that, would know the difference between what is psychology and what isn't. So that is the first irony. Over the course of being a student, I learned many a times that there were times when the teachers were teaching psychology as if it was some social uh, social work commentary um, using layman terms or not knowing the proper examples to make the students understand what it is exactly um, that psychology does. So there are a lot of therapies out there now. Now therapy is a part of mental well-being. It is a process that a person goes through when they work with a therapist or a counsellor to work out their issues and talk about situations or uh, certain aspects of their emotional life that are affecting them, um, that they haven't really figured out in a way. But there are also other kinds of therapies that we call therapy, <laughs> like, um, say, play therapy, art therapy, um, yoga, reiki, um, etc., etc. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying these are bad things. Therapists have used many of these, uh, let's say, other kinds of therapies to help people. But you cannot essentially call that psychology. It is not. And when you try to generalize or overlap one with the other, that's where the issue arises. And if in general people are doing this, um, not everybody knows everything about everything, that's okay. That's understandable that, okay, a person does not know that there is a difference between being in a proper therapy session and say, going to meditation. Meditation can help, so can therapy. But you will not call meditation like a proper counseling therapy process. So if a lay person makes that mistake, it's understandable. What's not understandable is that so many teachers, so many professors, so many people in the field of psychology also have started confusing one with the other or deliberately trying to overlap one with the other. 
And that is the first irony <laughs> that I wanted to talk about. Moving right along to the second one. Um, a very lack of understanding or lack of interest in the subject of psychology and treating it as a backup option. Now, once again, this comes to comes down to um, if, in general, the public has some doubts, as in, oh, psychology, it's, it's something in the arts field, at least in India, something in the arts field. Um, yeah, people do it. They can't get any other subject. They do it. It's fine. Blah, 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 blah. That's fine. It's not good that people think that about psychology, but a layman can have that belief. It's a little bit disturbing when someone from the field of psychology has those thoughts. And I have met so many people. Um, I have interned with counsellors. I have been in counselling. Um, and I have obviously, as a student, <laughs> a lot of my teachers, my professors were themselves counsellors. And that is something I noticed, that even though they are actively practicing the subject of psychology, they are imparting their knowledge to students. You are creating young minds. You are teaching these students that, oh, this is a subject that I learned and now I get to share this knowledge with you. Um, they were still a little skeptical about their own subject. And that <laughs> ticked me the wrong way. Um, because isn't it important that one believes in the subject that they are practicing? It was a little bit disconcerting when <laughs> teachers used to say, um, well, <laughs> okay, I had this one experience when I was doing my 12th in arts and that was the first year that I was introduced to the subject of psychology and um, I had fallen in love with the subject right from the start I had fallen in love with psychology um, and I had a good professor I had a very good professor while I was doing my 12 um, he was really nice he was really kind he helped me out a lot um, I still today to, till date, consider him the best psychology teacher I have had. Uh, and 12th psychology was not at all difficult, but man, he really helped me out. Okay, a little bit of a tangent there, but no worry, no problem. Yeah, so when I used to talk to him still, um... He once referred me to a different psychology teacher. Not him, someone from the Department of Psychology who was teaching higher um, order kids, like the BA and MA ones. Um, and he saw how interested I was in psychology and he wanted me to have that experience that, oh, if you're going to choose psychology for the next five years, you should probably, you know, 
meet these teachers and I was very excited oh my god all these teachers had PhDs in psychology and I was like wow um so I started this conversation with one of them um and the idea my first question was oh my god how interesting like what did you want to do right did you always want to be a psychology teacher did you want to be a counselor or therapist whatever whatever and the reply was so bland like oh psychology like it's fine you know you don't have to do it you don't have to take it on you don't have to <laughs> sort of you know there are other fields that you can explore and she had heard me talk so she said you know you have good oration you you should probably try english literature too you know and i was like but i am telling you that i like psychology why are you then <laughs> sort of diverting me from that and trying to send me on some other trip i don't know it was not a big incident i didn't even remember it a lot but un- until i <laughs> jotted down this topic and i was like oh you know what that happened to me <laughs> so yeah it's a little bit disconcerting when someone from the field itself treats um the subject as a backup option that's not good that's really not good uh especially when we come from a culture where arts is still considered like the third grade subject you know oh you scored 90% marks and still chose arts why like like it's some bad thing it's like it's something it says something bad about you if you choose arts which is bullshit it doesn't um i read this beautiful um i don't know if it was a tweet or a post i can't remember but um i think it was by uh vimo if you follow him on twitter or instagram uh he had said that people who take arts as a subject have a very well rounded understanding of society and culture as compared to people who take science or commerce and that is because they are exposed to the human uh factor of life you know everything in arts be it poetry be it psychology um so many things that are related to arts um you're directly involved with things that affect um human lives and it's not just you know sitting behind a screen and crunching numbers um so people who take up arts have a well rounded understanding it was something along the lines don't quote me on this <laughs> which is why i'm not quoting him but you should definitely check out him vimo on instagram or twitter all right moving on to the third irony is using psychology to judge other people now by definition psychology means study of the mind which means mental health mental health comes very much in the blanket of psychology which basically means you have to the first thing that you have to believe is that you cannot judge other people 
um, people might do stuff that might seem like something you you won't do ever do with your life but that does not give you the right to judge them but this <laughs> is a huge but and i have two examples of this um so i had this teacher i think it was in my first year of masters and she was teaching us about um social psychology you know uh people interactions how psychology affects our life and one of the things <laughs> was talking about women empowerment and how you can incorporate um a unbi- an unbiased view of the world while counseling how you cannot yeah, cannot and should not be a biased counselor that was literally the topic she was teaching us <laughs> and while teaching that topic how you should be unbiased in counseling <laughs> i think one of my uh, friends who studied ma with me will remember this incident <laughs> um and she literally said that what will you do if a feminist comes to you uh for counseling <laughs> and me and my friend we looked at each other because we both identify as feminists and we were like we'd be fine like why would that be an issue why would you choose this example <laughs> to give we just looked at each other and we were like we'd be fine feminists what and she said oh then basically you are man haters and my friend and i we just didn't know what to do we <laughs> we just kept staring at her we had no reply to give um and this person this teacher is a counselor herself um and she also teaches psychology oh my god <laughs> it was awful it was awful sitting there listening to that and this woman is teaching us about how you should not be judging <laughs> your clients while giving us this example and clearly stating her bias as a counselor that she is biased towards feminists i had no idea what to say my mouth was agape <laughs> um so that is one incident and this that is the irony this is a counselor this is a counselor judging another person generalizing based on stereotypes that she probably read when she was 15 this is me judging her now thinking that <laughs> she probably uh, created her whole persona when she was 15 so that's judgment like i do not know and it was truly truly unconscionable conscionable sitting there hearing her talk like that and the second example is something that i noticed over the course of 6 years of studying psychology and being in the field of mental health um is that generally boys or men who take up this field there is this um 
no one says it overtly now because you know political correctness and they don't want to be on the wrong side of you know they don't want to be the one saying the wrong thing even though they fully believe all the wrong things um there's the general idea that it's beneath men to become counselors it's beneath boys to take up the subject of psychology and it was pretty evident in my class as well um majority of the majority of my class like almost 90% was female um and the one boy in my final year of ba we had no boys while i was doing my ma it was all girls uh but when i was doing my ba in my final year there was one guy and there was this no as i said as i mentioned nobody was overtly saying anything to him not the teachers not the other students but there was always this underlying thing that somehow he's not living up to his whole potential because he's doing psychology and i found that very unfair and i found that <sighs> it was bad it you you should not be judging people that is like the first definition of being a counselor of being a therapist of being in this field is that you should not be judging other people yeah so <laughs> that's my third irony for you um moving right along to the fourth one is using psychology to justify abuse now what can i say about this a lot of people try to justify their abusive behavior by saying that oh but if you think about it this way and think about it that way then it it's valid what this person has done the biggest example is uh, of bullying when someone bullies another person be it a classmate be it a schoolmate be it a friend be it a parent be it a sibling um it is justified by saying oh but think about what this person has also gone through you know you should consider what this person has gone through as well which i understand but you should not be using that to justify their actions you know you should be actively trying to normalize this uh normalize getting help for the person who is displaying the abusive behavior behavior but you should not be using mental help to justify their abusive behavior i don't know if i'm making sense but this um usually happens when there are a lot of people saying oh this person has some uh, abusive traits like um they control everything you do they control um your actions there are parents who are so strict that they always keep their children on leash even if the children are not no longer children they are adults um but people use this to use psychology um 
to justify this behavior that, oh, there's something wrong with the way he thinks. Or, you know, he suffered this way, this way, this way. Or um, she had had this happen to her when she was little. Which is right. They should be getting help for that. But that does not mean that they should be putting it out there. Um, you know, there's this saying that hurt people hurt people. The people who are hurt themselves also. They, it's, it's a cycle. They also perpetuate uh, hurt. So yeah. And it's weird um, how much um, it was okayed uh, while teaching us this um, particular area. This is such a sensitive uh, topic that even I'm having a hard time putting it in proper words. But when we were being taught about, um, you know, how people go through certain things and that is why, that is the reason that they also do certain bad things. It was not a good precedent to be set by someone who was imparting such crucial piece of information, you know. The, I, I, I just found it problematic. And no, there should be no um, justification for why someone is abusive towards you, be it physically, emotionally, mentally, any which way. If they need help, they should be getting help. They should not be perpetuating the cycle uh, rather than ending it. All right. Moving to the next topic, which is the mental health of students who are studying psychology. My God, do I have stories about this one. Now, I had been, up until last year, I had been a student of psychology for six years. And I can very much confirm that I was not always in my great health when I was studying that. Sounds a little... I don't know. Sounds a little weird when you think about it that I was in a field where you are supposed to um, <laughs> learn how to ease, you know, stress, anxiety, uh, and other things. Uh, <laughs> and my mental health was at a down low, especially during my first year of master's. Um, and even though I was getting better in my final year of master's, which was last year, other things affected. <laughs> you know, it was 2020. Um, so, yeah, I remember my first year of master's, which was the year 2019, being possibly the worst year of my life. Um and I have been through some shit, you guys. I have... Things have happened to me. And if I'm saying 2019 was the worst, you best believe it was. Because so many things were going wrong. I was not getting along with any of my teachers, any of my professors. Um, the way the teaching was approached, the way... Everything that was going on um, 
I just didn't agree with a lot of stuff um, that was being just casually passed along as study, you know. Um, and when you raise a voice against it, when you try to push back even a little bit, you're shut down immediately. And that was not something I expected. Um, I expected in a, I don't know, in an environment where every teacher I have is a counsellor, I expected those teachers to be somehow better than the teachers I had had before. You know, I thought they would be more understanding. I thought they'd be more <laughs> reciprocative to diverse topics. They would be more um, proper. I don't know if proper is the right word, but they would be more... Uh, I, I don't have the word, but... They would use proper terms, proper... They'd be more meticulous, that's the word. Meticulous in the way they explain certain things. Because these things are not some numbers that you put in a computer, which, which can also be an important thing, but these things can affect how you are developing counsellors. You are literally teaching future counsellors. <laughs> and I thought these professors would put in a little bit more effort to be more of a... <laughs> be more concerned with how it affected the students, which was lacking. And it was just... Let's not even talk about our education system because that is like a whole other topic and I don't want to go there, but... I don't know. Maybe I expected a lot, but <laughs> I mean, I I pictured a point where if I'm in a situation where I'm teaching the subject of psychology and in one breath, I'm saying that you should not judge others. You should be willing to listen to other people. Um, then I would also want to practice that, you know, and that duality that convergence in behavior was what put me off <laughs> um, of this. Yeah. And my next topic is actually attitude of teachers teaching psychology. And I think this plays very well along here. Is that, yeah, they were just very callous, very... Yes, they were not methodical. That's another word that I was looking for. They were not methodical when it came to the process of counseling, when it came to the process of um, teaching psychology, which are such important topics. And again, I don't want to generalize. I did have good professors as well. Um, but you would think <laughs> that someone who is in this field will have a little bit more understanding and a little bit more maturity than the average person. Now, I don't want to put the entire blame on teachers as well because, my God, there are a range of other things that happen, not even to mention how um, psychology is still treated as a very, um, as I mentioned before, like a, a below-class a level 
thing and the most of these teachers who come to teach uh, you can't see me but i'm making uh, quotation marks around teacher um they have to take the job because there are no other jobs available because to be a psychology student in india is like choosing death as a career um people are not interested in proper learn statistical therapies people just want you to give some layman advice out there that is the kind of therapy people want um and it's difficult and yes people need to take up jobs to sustain themselves so i don't want to put the entire onus of this bad teaching again putting quotation marks um i don't need to put quotation marks it is bad teaching it's because these people wanted to be counselors they wanted to be therapists they had to choose teaching because there are no enough career options available in this field and it's frustrating um so again it loops back to the education system which i'm not going to get into um but yeah it's it's a messed up cycle i understand that but yeah it's just weird <laughs> um so that is the another irony that is the other that is another irony of attitude of teachers which is bad <laughs> uh who teach psychology all right coming to the next topic um it is lack of seriousness of major psychological disorders <sighs> now this uh, i'm breathing very much today <laughs> uh but okay a lot of people use terms like um depression or bipolar disorder ocd very casually and i used to be very anal about that <laughs> i still am to a certain point um that oh my god you should not use that term if you're not depressed don't say you're depressed say you're sad you know if you're just a particular person don't call yourself an ocd person you're just particular there is a difference between that and i still am to an extent uh but not that much it's because i understand that not everyone has the perfect understanding of the difference between something that is a major psychological disorder and what is just a habit these are two different things now the one way you can diagnose please don't diagnose yourself <laughs> if you're not a mental health expert please do not diagnose yourself this is just a tip i'm not saying you can diagnose yourself just by this but one way to see whether this is a psychological disorder or just a bad habit or just a habit is to see whether it hinders your day-to-day -day functioning so for example um ocd a lot of people feel oh because i wash my hands three times because i touch stuff three times because i touch stuff with both my hands i'm ocd no you're not um to have ocd which is 
an obsessive compulsive disorder, it has to affect your day-to-day life, which means you won't be able to function if you don't do that. Do you get what I mean? Um, So if you touch something three times, that's fine. Your body is probably used to it. You like balance. You like symmetry. That is possible. But if you don't do it, then you will body will your body will go into a state of numbness or you won't be able to proceed with any other activity beyond that. That is what is called a disorder. And even that, as I said, even just this is not enough to diagnose someone. There are other facets of this that need to be considered, which a therapist knows to tap into. Um, so yeah, so the irony in this situation is that if a layperson says this, that, oh, I'm depressed, even though they're just sad, I'm like, okay, don't say that, but it's understandable why you would confuse it. But it's a little bit concerning <laughs> when people in the field of psychology are using these terms, you know? So, um... I don't have a very particular incident about this, uh, but I do remember I was talking to one of my teachers, uh, I think while doing my BA, I don't remember, but it must be BA because I don't remember. (laughs) Um, I was doing my BA and once in class, I asked um, something along the lines of difference between, you know, uh, chronic depression and you know, the other kind of depression, which is stages, it comes in stages and something like that. I'm not even sure what the question was. And rather than, rather than pointing out, this is something that I noticed later on that the examples that I was giving, it was a very long question. I remember that. I was about sadness and grief and all of that. And not once did was I called out for mixing up depression with sadness or depression with trauma, grief, etc., um, etc., et a lot of things. And I didn't see anything wrong with that. It's in hindsight, now that I have done my own research, now that I have studied on my own, uh, that I realized that uh, that teacher should have realized what I was confusing it with. Basically, the answer was that there is no difference when very clearly there is. Um, And as a teacher, that should have been something that should have been caught immediately. Now, I don't want to judge that teacher based on just one uh, slip up that she made. Um, I'm sure that a lot of teachers make slip-ups. I make slip-ups all the time. Everybody slips up. So I'm not saying that that teacher, that counsellor, <laughs> does not know the difference between grief or depression or sadness. But that was just one example. I have experienced this from various other faculty over the next few years. And that was something that I was concerned by, that this faculty, this is a psychology department. 
How are they using these terms so interchangeably? It was concerning. Um, yeah, so that was another irony. <laughs> and for today's final irony, I have using psychology as self-help. Um, now, this ties back a little bit to the first point, which was limited understanding of what psychology exactly is. So there are a lot of self-help things out there, self-help books, self-help gurus, um, all of that jazz. <laughs> but what is evident is that these days, um, a lot of therapies, I'm making quotations around therapy, <laughs> are put forward as one-time easy solutions that, oh, try this, it will help. Try that, it will help. Um, and as self-help, there's nothing wrong with that. Good for you. If it makes you feel good, great, go ahead. If meditating for 15 minutes in the morning is a great way for you to start your day, that's amazing. If writing a journal is a great way for you to stay focused, great, do it. Um, if attending seminars is something that you like to do, great, do it. Um, the problem arises when counselors or teachers try to, try to portray these as official remedies to psychological problems, mental health problems. That is when there is a disconnect. Um, and I feel it's a little apocryphal when uh, you are supposed to be learning the science of brain and how it functions and the there is like history of data uh, that tells you so much about how there are no one trick one one size fits all solutions to people and their mental health problems and you still try to um, push this agenda of self-help um, because it's easier <sighs> it's it's really sad to see that people associate um, self-help with being in therapy or other forms of self-help, I don't know, with being in therapy because there are therapists and teachers and counselors who have actively, actively pushed this idea that those are the same things. And it's a little bit, a little bit weird, if you ask me. So yeah, those are some of the ironies that now I mentioned that many that these are the ironies of being a psychology student in India. Um, and these are all of the things that came to my mind when I was a student. I was like, 
I don't understand this. What is this? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with this? Uh, I don't know. Divergence of thought, you know. I don't know. I, I have no idea what to do with this. So now I'm doing this. I'm putting it in a podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. That was my topic for the day. And hope you liked it. <laughs> I tried to follow a script today so that I don't run off course um, with my tangents, which I did a little bit. But anyway, we got there in the end. So I think it's time for me to end this episode for today. And I have another poem for you guys. Let me get it. Okay. So for today, summer is ending, in India at least. And I thought I would read this beautiful poem that I heard a while back, um, which is called Summer in Calcutta by Kamala Das. I hope you enjoy and I will see you guys in my next episode. Thank you. Summer in Calcutta by Kamala Das. What is this drink but the April sun squeezed like an orange in my glass? I sip the fire. I drink and drink again. I'm drunk. Yes, but on the gold of suns. What noble venom flows through my veins? And fills my mind with unhurried laughter. My worries doze. We bubble string my glass. Like a bride's nervous smile. And meet my lips. Dear, forgive this moment's lull in wanting you, the blur memory. How brief the term of my devotion. How brief your ring when I, with glass in hand, drink, drink and drink again this juice of April sun.